Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 182. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Billow Springer. This week on the show, we're joined by salon owner, educator, and celebrity stylist Georgia Bell of Society by Georgia Bell and Society Academy to discuss all things mentoring and education. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. If you are wanting to work with somebody that inspires you, I think that whatever you do has to be well-written, well thought out, and, um, you know, just an average CV is not going to cut it. It takes a while for somebody to realise that you're deadly, deadly serious. As a business owner, I'm always looking for somebody that's going to go the extra mile. And simply writing an inbox on social media, to me, is just not going to stand out and I think if you really want to be mentored by a brand or by a person that inspires you you've got to feel like part of that person or part of that brand is something that you believe in otherwise you're not gonna gel with that person or with that education. In this episode today we're going to touch off two topics the first one's around mentorships how do you find a mentor how do you know when it's time to move on from one mentor to another but also when do you eventually become the mentor yourself and then the other element of it is about education so as we know a lot of education in this industry requires you to go to the salon there are usually workshops they're hands-on they're practical but given the circumstances over the last few months like I'm in the education department here at Forest and we've noticed there's more demand now for online training than in salon training as we would have usually done. We want to figure out is that the case for in salon training nowadays? Like what does training look like now? What's going to look like in the next few months or what's going to look like in the next few years? Is salon training going to have to move online or do we just need to put more policies in place to allow for those in-person workshops? Education for Georgia is vitally important for the continued development of her team and the services they provide. She herself, in fact, provides education salons all around the UK. Georgia is the face and driving force behind Society by Georgia Bell. She specialises in all applications of colour from complete transformation to brights, bleach outs and balayage. When she isn't behind the chair creating beautiful colour work, she's teaching the Society colouring techniques to other salons, making her uh, the mentee turned mentor. And we couldn't be happier to welcome her to Forest FM. Georgia, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on the show. We're so excited to have you on. It's been a long time in the making. So uh, delighted to to finally get stuck in. We often hear about how important it is to have a mentor. Uh, you've actually had quite the mentor yourself. So really excited to hear about that story. Um, but sometimes it can sound a bit vague to someone that's never reached out, like to figure out how to actually get to have a mentor. So what is it that you need to know when you're approaching someone? And uh, how is there a wrong way to approach someone in terms of mentoring? Um, oh, this is a really interesting question. So I I don't think having a mentor in I think it's location based as well so before I went to London and I worked in London I didn't really know about having a mentor I think the north in some respects is quite behind in terms of the south obviously London's a big city and there's a lot of mentorships going on there um is there a right, right way or a wrong way of course it's like a job application for me and I think that if you are wanting to work with somebody that inspires you I think that whatever you do has to be well written well thought out and, um, you know, just an average CV is not going to cut it. For me, for instance, I wrote a handwritten letter and it was really well thought out. I think I get a lot of people wanting me to mentor them now. 
So if they just send, send me something that's very standard and that isn't going to stand out, I'd never take notice of it. It's got to be special and it's got to be well thought out if you want that opportunity, I think. I, th I feel like with like social media, we think of like Twitter, we think of Instagram and with LinkedIn, the whole like slide into my DMs. It's made it so easy for us to reach out and connect with virtually anyone from anywhere in the world. So how do you actually stand out? Now, I know you said you, you wrote a handwritten letter. I think it's probably safe to say it's incredibly rare to receive a handwritten letter <laughs> for someone nowadays. So like in an age of easy access, how do you set yourself apart? Like, do you have to know what you want first and you have to portray that in the first message or I don't know what is that what's that look like I don't know for me I think just sliding into someone's DM and that's a phrase that I use all the time it's just too easy I mean we we can feel like we know each other now and actually we've never ever met you know I've had conversations with people on social media and I actually feel like I know them but in real life I don't know them at all so to stand out would be going back to like being old school and writing a, a hand written letter or you know just turning up and seeing somebody and bringing a cv and, and you know i would like that as a business owner i'm always looking for somebody that's going to go the extra mile and simply writing an inbox on social media to me is just not going to stand out and i think if you really want to be mentored by a brand or by a person that inspires you you've really got to look at that brand and understand what they're about and perhaps you know set up a presentation for instance if i want to work for brands I would not just be expecting to be given that opportunity. I would get in contact with that brand I wanted to work for or that person I wanted to be mentored by. And I'd say, hey, I'd really like to set up a presentation for you. I'd like to show you what I'm about. Could we work together? And I would constantly go the extra mile. I think anything that's worth having is always going to be hard, but you've got to think outside the box, especially if you want to stand out, because you've got to remember these people that are mentors and that look after people and that will help you outside of you know their own brand you've got to remember in, in most cases they've got thousands of followers so how is your dm going to go to the top of the messages in comparison to anyone else that's messaging them mm -hmm. for a good bit of time you were actually mentored by no other than sophia hilton do you want to tell us about that story how it came about what the experience was like for you after you wrote a handwritten letter. Yeah, after I... Yeah, no, so basically I saw a video that went viral um, from Not Another Salon and it was where they were like, you know, sprinkling glitter on everyone's head. And I, and I remember saying to my husband, like, if I didn't have my own brand, if I didn't have my own salon, this is where I'd want to work. Now, I was getting it to a stage where, you know, we've always trained the best... To, to the best of our ability. Um, but I was getting to the stage when you're the business owner, everyone relies heavily on you and you share everything you know with your team. But what happens as a business owner when you hit that brick wall and nobody's showing you anything else? And yes, of course, you can go and you can get courses for the day and you can learn. Um, but, you know, it's proven fact that the human mind takes three times for you to see to see something to actually really take it in so i thought i want something more permanent so that's when i wrote to sophia because that whole team that whole vibe was a little bit of me do you know what i mean so i thought i've got to be involved in this i love the color work we were doing bright color anyway because we needed a niche to stand out and so i wrote to her and i you know <laughs> actually somebody from london came down to my salon to get their hair done and they went do you know where you'd work like you'd fit in perfectly there's somewhere where I live and it's not another salon on Brick Lane I was like I wrote to her I've not heard anything back um, and it was about three weeks later 
that she replied. And then, you know, that's off, off I went. And originally I was doing it on a Wednesday. Did she reply by handwritten letter herself as well? No, she replied by social media. But I didn't, <laughs> but I didn't care. I called her down and said, like, oh, my God. So I, um, I started I started going on a Wednesday. I used to get there for about 12pm and I'd work while six. But it was about three hours each way. And then after after she saw that I was really serious and I, I worked hard, because uh, I think a lot of people have that idealistic, I'm going to go mentor and not do anything kind of vibe. Um, after she saw that I worked really hard, she offered me a position at the academy, which was a lot better for me because obviously it was learning all of their techniques. Mm-hmm. And then from that, she started you know, turning my eye to education and started, uh, Sophia started sort of creating a, a, an education programme for myself. But that was after two years of being there. Mm. So, yeah, it was, it was a good move for me. I, I enjoyed it. It made me realise as well, I had this, <laughs> I'll never forget, I sent her a few examples of my work after she replied. And I, I had this, like, thing that I was going to be this northern colourist at Not Another Salon, but actually when I got there, it really made me realise how bad my work was. <laughs> like it, took, it took two years of hard training to get to a certain level to retrain my eye. And I, she was like, nah, she was really good though. And, you know, it's amazing to look back my level of work three years ago to what it is now. And it really is that, that saying of retraining your eye, it, it exists, it's true. <laughs> What's the one thing that you've learned from that experience uh, of being mentored by Sophia that you would pass on to your mentees? Uh, that less is more. And I know that they do a lot of a lot of bright colour there, but actually the bright colour that they do create is very simplistic. So it might just be, you know, two colours blended into to create a melt or to create a bleed, or it might be a little bit of pastel contour through the front, but it's very, very impactful. Mm-hmm. You know, before I was like... it. Before, when I did my bright work, it was almost like a unicorn thrown up on your head. I didn't quite understand the sort of sim- how beautiful and uh, simplistic bright work can be. So that that is definitely what I would pass on, is just beautiful balayage, beautiful colour, and don't just give it everything, just less is more. It's fair to say that you really had to work for your mentorship. So you were, you said that you did about two years. Am I right in saying that you... It, it's not like the salon was only a half hour bus ride down the road from you like you you had to travel to get there you had to really go out of your way yeah so it was a half an hour drive to to the train station two hours on a train half an hour bus journey to brick lane and then a 15 minute walk and then same on the way back so it was yeah six hours travel a day your travel time is nearly a day's work for me that's that's insane (laughs) yeah but you know what i was always quite thankful for being on that train because that is like two hours of you've got to do your emails, you've got to pick up on these DMs, these messages that you miss. So actually, I utilised it quite well. Um, but yeah, it was hard going and it was expensive. You know, getting into London at a peak time, it was £140 every week, which it, over the month adds to my mortgage, right? But it, it, it was worth it. It skinned me for a long time and I had two years solid on pot noodles, but it... <laughs> It started to come good now, do you know what I mean? It sounds like your mentorship, for some people, it, it kind of resembles an internship. Like, is there a fine line between mentorship and internship or are they pretty much the same thing in your industry? Um, I, th- I just don't think you ever stop learning. Yeah. I mean, I could have done another two years with Sophia and not another salon and I could have learned a lot more. Hmm. Um, but I think, 
you kind of know when the time's right to get, you start getting your own opportunities. And I mean, it's not just Sophia and not another salon that I've done the mentorship with. I, I've been mentored by a lot of people. Um, but there's just so much to learn in this industry, isn't there? And I think that you have to, for me, I'm not saying this is the right or the wrong way. I really feel like you've got to sort of work on mastering one thing before you move on to the next. I would get too confused if I was styling this and cutting this and colouring this. I, I, mm -hmm. I like to get renowned and, and sort of um, known for one thing, which is colour. And that's my main interest. But then it's not to say that I wouldn't go into precision cutting or anything else. It just takes a lot of time. Even after two years, I mean, I'm still learning now. You know, I still regularly do courses, education with other companies um, independently and alongside brands. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think it's just, just a whole learning. Things change all the time. So I think it's important to keep on top. So it's clear to say that you had clarity and focus and not just, I, I think I need a mentor. It's like you you knew what you wanted from your mentor at the time. Yeah, and I wanted, I think you've got to, in order to learn the best, and I think this is with anything in life, you've got to feel like part of that person or part of that brand is something that you believe in. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're not going to, get it to the best of your ability. You're not going to gel with that person or with that education, you know? Yeah. I feel. There's something that you said where you kind of know when it's time to move on and, and find another opportunity and opportunities may, might even come knocking at your door at that stage anyways. Do you ever fully part with a mentor, do you think? Or like, do you still have that relationship with Sophia where you could hit her up with some questions or stuff like that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, me and Sophia are closer now than what when... She was mentoring me. Um, and I think that that's because you really get to know somebody. You've got to, I think you've got to think like this, all these big hairdressers, these big names, the amount of people that must message them and want help. And it, it takes a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done it myself where I've mentored people and they've, you know, they've stuck around for three weeks and then they're off. It takes a while for somebody to realise that you're deadly, deadly serious about doing this because it takes up a part of your life. You know, you're not in your business you're spending money on a train ticket to get better, to bring it back to your business. Um, so it, it really is a commitment. But yeah, I think we'll, we'll always be um, friends. And, you know, sometimes the fear will ask me for advice now and I, I'll ask her for advice. I think it's just about building a relationship. How did you find that conversion process of moving from a, a mentee to a mentor? Like when you said that you have some people that come in only for three weeks, you did two years. Do you lay down any groundwork or guidelines for your new mentee, like to say, this is how it's going to be? Like, what is a day in the life of someone approaching you like? Well, I, no, that's that's very true that I do, because I have given, I have given a lot to people and then it's not materialised or they've gone and got a different job in a completely different career path or or whatever. So I'm, I am quite serious now because I do get a lot of messages. And actually, it's quite hard to... I've got to know that you're serious about it because I've got my own team to nurture. So why would I give my time if, you know, if I've got, if I've got my own team to nurture and you're not serious about it? But it's really kind of... Um, it's just making a decision based on what people... I will say they'll, say they'll send me a DM and I will say, right, I want to see a CV. I want to see a mood board. I want to see... I want you to write about why you want to be in this industry. Impress me, you know? But I, generally, I think if people are deadly serious, they'll go above and beyond anyway mm -hmm. without me having to say that, you know? Yeah. 
Makes sense. Yeah. Another, like, we're, we're touching upon this anyways since the start, but another area you're really passionate about is education. So um, whether you're uh, learning from different people or yourself educating other people um, how like how does that work in your salon with your team how does that work with your mentees for instance um so yeah i mean education so i freelance um in education anyway so obviously within my salon we do a weekly training night um generally speaking i'll get about four big educators to come up once a year and do days with the team um the mentees would generally help during the day um, if they can make it to my uh, training nights then they're always more than welcome but usually it's they, they travel from outside of Rotherham um, but yeah I mean I, I freelance educate anyway so I either go to salons or I do one-to-one -one. I've got a small studio just at the top of the high street um, so I usually do one-to-one -one education in there and actually from November um, we're going to be doing an academy so that's actually sold out so I've got 15 spaces uh, gone then and I've got I'm doing one in January as well um, and I've got about four spaces left for that so that's that's really good so we just do different academies one's on Balliard one's on Bright one's on Bleachwork but equally as much as people invest in me I invest in other people as well because I believe education is key and I believe that you can learn from anyone um, mm -hmm. so we do, we do a lot of different education with a lot of different people. How's COVID-19 really impacted that? Because um, I'm assuming there's a lot of stuff that you can't really facilitate the same way that we would have done it before. Yeah, I mean, it's it messed well, it messed up quite a bit. I was due to be <laughs> I was due to be educating in Jersey, so that that got cancelled, and then we've rescheduled and then cancelled again, and then I was meant to be in Italy independently teaching, and then that got cancelled. Um, but in terms of the academy, I've got enough space. I've got enough space to keep little groups together um, separately. Uh, to do it safely um, so I mean nothing yet I don't plan on sort of going out and educating um, until kind of next year because things keep changing all of the time so yeah. I just think I said I set the academy date it's got them worst case scenario we'll move them but um, I think maybe it'll be okay <laughs> who knows it's all very uncertain, isn't it? It's all pretty it much is, one big yeah. learning curve. But like you have already dabbled in the whole online training, like you've got courses on hairdressing live. Do you see the industry kind of moving that way in general? I know you said that probably not for you in the next 12 months because you've got so much going on. Well, yeah, you know what? I did that when, when lockdown hit, I went straight into like entrepreneurial panic mode and I thought, I'm going to do course. Well, I was doing online courses anyway. So I already had an online course because my day rate can be quite expensive. And my whole thing is I think everyone should have access to education. So my big thing is education in any form should be accessible to anybody, whether you're a junior earning very little or you're a business owner. So I decided to take my stuff online because I wanted to make myself accessible. So instead of paying me 350 quid, you pay me 30 quid. Now I did panic a bit <laughs> about this and I thought what if I do all this online but of course you're only going to get so much from an online class you know a lot of people learn in person um so it was something that I did before lockdown and then I mean I did hairdressing live last January I'm due to go back on again in January um but yeah independently I just wanted to create some online courses and then in lockdown I thought that's exactly what I'm going to do I'm just gonna do some online courses and hopefully it'll keep me ticking over and it's, it's worked. And you know what? It's not affected the education. That was something I was really, really worried about. I thought, 
oh my God, what if people buy this £30 class and then they never want to pay me and come to my academy, what am I going to do? Done with sending out some rate money there. But <laughs> actually, it's quite opposite. opposite. People have bought the online class and they're still coming for the education. Because people like one-on-one. And you and you can only see you I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm stood in front of a computer and I'm doing a balayage or whatever, unless you've got a super duper camera team, which I ain't got, you're yeah. only gonna see it from a, a certain angle. You're gonna learn, of course you are, but it's still gonna be restrictive to a certain amount, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Like I was actually just chatting to someone yesterday in a completely different industry, but she was saying like she was given a class, a Zoom class for uh, CrossFit uh, training, and she was like, it was the most awkward thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I've got a Zoom class for Interlux, so I'm I'm to a load of uh, um, American stylists. Um, if anything, that's just gonna get me more known in other parts of the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. in other countries. So I don't I don't think there's any harm in it. I think if you're willing to share. And not be so many hairdressers keep stuff close to the heart and they don't want to share it out and they don't want to and I think ultimately people buy you, they don't necessarily buy your balayage. Yeah. Because there's so much balayage available. People are gonna buy into you. So if you give more, I think it ultimately it's it's good karma. It, it reminds me of uh, Chris Moody serve first. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually I've got a course for Chris Moody and oh, November, so hopefully that'll go. <laughs> That'll go ahead. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He is, yeah. So what exactly do you have in store then in terms of your, like, do you want to dive into your academy courses? Like, when are they happening? You have four spots left. Maybe we can fill them out with people listening on the show. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, so there's four. I think I think there might be, so November's completely fully booked now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the 11th of January. So we've got four spots left and it's all about balayage. And it's all about freehand and foliage techniques, but it's actually about retaining your balayage client all year round. Because for balayage, for me, I think we've lost the six to eight week client quite a lot. Um, and I was getting to a stage where people were coming to see me for balayage. Um, and then I was like, not seeing them for like a year sometimes. And I'm thinking, oh my God, am I a terrible hairdresser? <laughs> and then they'd come back a year later and they were like, it was that good. We didn't feel like we needed to come back. And I thought, oh, that's great, but it's not very good for business. So we do, um, we we do like basically we retain your balayage all year round. So first stage, I hope no clients are listening to this. They'll think I'm doing it right, won't they? Um, so first stage, we'll put a melt in your hair, and then we'll book you back eight weeks later for for a foliage placement, and then we'll book you back eight weeks later for a gloss like a boss. So effectively, you're retaining your balayage for six months. After that six months is done, it's time to get lighter again. So it's about, you know, looking at the way that colours change because, of course, expectation, client expectation, pin interest, um, Instagram, all of this. People want these massive jobs doing or they want their hair to be, you know, like really easy hair. Uh, But, of course, in terms of business, it's just not good. So it's about retaining your balayage all year round um, and then also about really quick placement as well. So my colleague Luke's going to be doing like a 25 foil, just like a highlighting technique as well so it's three different techniques it's 350 pound per ticket so it should be a good day and then we're going to go of course take you through social media photos um that kind of thing so yeah it should be great photos i'd say is going to be a huge thing yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent it's a whole skill in itself like to learn well yeah that took me a long time actually my team hate me because i'm forever like (laughs) it's not good enough it's not good enough (laughs) but again we actually have those training sessions though we do actually we don't just do training in hair we actually will have a full night of 
training in terms of social media, photos, videos, creating stories, that kind of thing. It's, it's really important and it really matters for business because like we're in Rotherham High Street, so there's not many people walking by, just like any other town really. So we've got to find a way to become a location salon and engage people and, you know, social media is just the way forward for us. Especially when you're in the business of colour because you want everything to be vivid, to really stand out. Exactly. Yeah, and actually clients... Presentation is key. Yeah, presentation is key. And, and, you know, we find that the stories really help to justify, you know, our prices and and why we're an award-winning salon and why we charge what we do because actually it's not just for the hairdresser. Obviously, that's great for in terms of education. Like, I've got this sat in my chair, I'm going to do A, B, C, D to get to the end result. But actually, if you do that on stories, then your clients can see the amount of work that goes into it. Not that we should have to justify our prices, but I do feel, again, this is location-based. If you are from a small town, clients expect to pay less, you know? And I think Mm. that... So it's it's a really good way for us to say, this is our price, this is what we do, this is the amount of work that's going to go into your hair. Which is a shame, really, because it's like when you buy a painting. People look at it and go, but sure, there wasn't much involved in that painting. It's like, you're not you're not paying for the painting. You're paying for the years that that person had to craft their skill. <laughs> That's what yeah, you're paying exactly. for. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so true. And, you know, you do get those clients. Of course you do. But at the end of the day, I'm not messaging them asking if I can cut and colour their hair. They're messaging me. So my price is my price and that's the end of it, really. Do you know what I mean? And if you don't want me to do it, that's fine. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to hear you're so confident about it. Not everyone is. No, it's all... I mean, it's one of the reasons why I got receptionist, to be honest, because we were all, like, running away, you know? Like, (laughs) run away, run away. Um, So, yeah, we do have a receptionist now because that's just... We just leave it to the receptionist to take care of it. <laughs> Easier. And also, because like I have clients that will tell me, you know, sob stories that have had a really shit week, and then by the time I get them to till, I've knocked them 20 quid off. <laughs> you know, but like, because they've had a bad week. But they don't do that for me in Tesco when I've had a bad week. They don't give me a free bottle of wine, so I've stopped doing that now. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> Well, Georgia, listen, thanks so much for joining us on the show. And just before we sign off, if I was to try and grab your attention, now you're probably going to regret doing this or regret me asking this, but what can I do to reach out if I did want to pick your brain, other than sign up for your course, of course, because I'm sure that's the best way to get your attention. Um, (laughs) How can I, how can I reach out to you if I was looking to um, get in contact? So you could write me a handwritten letter. I do, <laughs> I do like that. I do like that. Um, if you were to DM me, then I could always have a chat with you. But I would always like people to sort of write me a letter, tell tell me what the goal is, and to just show me a little bit of them in that letter. Create me a mood board and send it through. Um, you know, someone once actually, a girl called Louise, who um, I have yet to mentor because COVID happened, got me a really cool card and wrote in that and told me what she was about and what she wanted to do and how I could help her and that grabbed my attention so yeah if not book on a course that's always good (laughs) and then you can have a conversation with me can't you and we can sort something out every eight weeks when there's a new course (laughs) yeah every eight weeks (laughs) so Georgia where can people find you online oh yeah cool so you can find me on Instagram my direct one is Georgia Bohair um, and then if you want to go to my salon one, that's Society GB. Um, and then I'll just on Facebook is George Bell, but your best bet is to contact me on the George Bell hair Instagram. And then, of course, we have a website that you can sort of look me up on as well. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Is COVID-19 having your salon sound a bit like this? Well, with just a few clicks, Forrest's new email editor can make it sound like this. Select any of our industry-specific templates, make it match your brand, prove it in real time, and hit send. Watch the revenue roll in with our powerful campaign tracker, so your business goes from to it's that easy. More marketing, more revenue. All the smart and integrated tools professional marketing teams have now at your fingertips with the new and upgraded Forest Email Marketing Editor. Visit forest.com for more details. For the Inside Forest segment of today's episode, if you have any questions in regards to Forest Academy, you can hit us up at forestacademy at forest.com. And if you're looking at diving into uh, your metrics, the data-driven salon experience is uh, the event for you. It's a month-long look at metrics. It's live online from September 28th to October 30th. Uh, You can catch so many sessions on there, including our very own session hosted by Brittany Volkman, Bench for Success, How to Use Salon Benchmarking to Propel Your Business. Uh, Strongly recommend checking that one out. You'll be getting insights into your salon's most valuable success metrics. Uh, You'll get benchmarks for each measurable salon performance indicator. And we'll be looking at uh, how you compare with other salons, what data-driven actions you can take, the tools you need to boost your position above your competitors. And because we mentioned coloring techniques and bright colors, another session that you might really enjoy watching is Metrics That Will Double Your Color Profits, hosted by co-founder and CEO Joshua Howard of Vish. If you wonder where your color business ranks in profitability, this is the session to watch. He'll walk you through industry benchmarks for pricing your color services, underlying profit margins across different service categories and strategies for forecasting your supply using the metrics that can essentially end the guesswork and drive strong revenue for your color services. You can tune into both these sessions and far more of them at datadrivensalon.com forward slash experience. On that note, that's all we got for this week. As always, if you want to share your thoughts on Forest FM, this episode specifically, or want the updates every week coming straight to your inbox, uh, you can subscribe to the show's email newsletter at forest.com forward slash FM. You can send us an email at forestfm at forest.com for any comments, or you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Your suggestions and comments and feedback are what makes this show what it is. Otherwise, stay safe and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.